Hello, all you scaredy cats and kittens, and welcome to the Two Scaredy Cats podcast, where we talk about all things strange, unusual, and paranormal. We're your hostess with the mostess. I'm Stacy, And I'm Kara. So, Kara, what did we do uh, two weekends ago? We've been hanging out for the past two weekends, and we where did we go last weekend? What did we do? We went... We went to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yep, we went to Pittsburgh. Yes. And we went... And while we were there... Yeah, we went to West... To... West, West Virginia Penitentiary. West Virginia Penitentiary. Yep, very good. So before we got to the penitentiary or went to that that evening, we decided we were going to take a little uh, side trip because we it was on our way and, you know, we decided it would be a nice break for our legs. And we stopped at a place called Salt Fork State Park, right, Kara? Mm-hmm. And that is uh, a park that uh, apparently Bigfoot has been spotted at many times. He likes to hang out there, apparently. So we went on one of the trails where people have spotted him over the years uh, to see if maybe we could get a glimpse of him or just to check it out in general, just to see what it's all about. And uh, I must warn you all that if you decide to go on this trail or whatever, to be very careful because... A, it's in the middle of um, nowhere, which we did not realize right away. And B, you're not going to have a cell signal because the property where this particular park sits is surrounded by the um, Amish community in the Ohio area. And they don't like to have um, cell phone uh, towers on their property. So within like the 10, 10 mile radius around there, there was no cell service. So we were relying on information that we had to get us there, to get us back out of there. And it ended up taking us a totally different way on some very scary areas that were, yeah, where there was like hardly nobody and they were on gravel roads and it was very, very scary. Uh, the trail that we went on was um, kind of in a, like in a secluded area of the park, I guess you could say, which makes sense for why Bigfoot might hang out there. Right, Kara? Yeah. There's lots of Bigfoot. And when we Bigfoot activity there. Right. Yeah. And when we pulled up to this area, um, it was a little bit hard because there's like a couple trails in that general area and it was hard to figure out at first which one was it. But then when we pulled up there and we saw there was a, a memorial for a um girl, a teenager that had passed away while climbing around on the rocks uh there or that particular like cave area there ledge um who fell to her death uh there was a memorial there and there were tons of signs everywhere about not going you know off on your own and exploring the area because it's dangerous so we go on this trail and at first it starts off like any trail you would expect to be on you know it's nice cute wooded there's little squirrels and chipmunks running around birds are chirping you know yada de ya 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 and we start going a little deeper in and it's not a very long trail either i mean this is like a kind of a quick 
kind of trail. But as we're walking along there, uh, the trail starts to get smaller and smaller as we go. And there's like a ravine on the one side, like a 10 foot, I want to say 10 or 12 foot drop on the one side, because during, I would assume the spring months and when they have a lot of rain in that area, there's a nice waterfall up by where the cave area is. And it feeds into this like little uh, river creek bed that sits there next to the edge of the trail. So if you are going to go hiking there um, when it's wet and, you know, in the cooler months, please be careful and make sure you have the proper, you know, walking um, boots and stuff attire on so you don't get hurt. And if it's raining, I really would not even bother to try to take that trail because A, you're going to get uh, washed out by the water or B, uh, miss the trail, be washed out by water. But you also have to worry about yourself like slipping and falling. Yeah. It's very, it would be very dangerous in the rain. Don't you think, Kara? Yeah. It looks like it'd be very steep stuff yeah and i mean yep. you know so there were someone died there so <laughs> yeah right but it's yeah. not it's not even that so long part of the too, the trail no it was very short yeah it was weird. like and maybe like yeah if you were like trying to like rush it you probably do like five ten minutes and be back like it took right. us a while because it was so steep, of course but yeah i mean you got to be careful because like she said it, there was areas where you know you're basically hanging off the side of a cliff in some sections it was like parts I mean, of the trail was like, like falling into the riverbed because yes, of like erosion starting, a thing. yeah like there was a right. tree oh, too yeah, that was time. like yeah. half of its roots were in the <laughs> yeah the middle of the trail so we had to use the tree roots as steps basically, and they were very yeah. steep to get around the trail to get back onto the trail it was like crazy so we're on this trail and, you know, we're going back there. And like I said, it's getting smaller and smaller as we go along. And um, it, like she said, it was falling apart in some areas. And there's like a platform at the very end of it where you can look back to see where the um, the little cave kind of indention area is. It's a really neat area, though. I mean, it's very pretty back there. It would be even neater if it had rained and there was like a waterfall going on. But but while we were back there, there, I mean, there's signs everywhere that says, you know, do not go beyond this point, you know, to be, be very careful, steep ledges, you know, you will fall. We see two people back there climbing around and we're thinking, oh, yeah. So we're like, well, maybe we should try and get back there. But after a few seconds of looking and realizing that, you know, I, I don't need to break a hip or crack my head open on the rocks below, because not only was it like a deep you know, 10 foot drop off the edge of where this uh, trail was, but there were also tons of rocks and limbs and or tr fallen trees and stuff and debris that I would worry about, you know, getting injured or something like that while you're doing all that. So we went, did that, and then we came back and we, um, the lake sits to like the left side of the, where this, little secluded area is and it's beautiful there we watched a heron come in and there was some other waterfowl that were you know there on the lake and all that and while we were standing there we hear the weirdest noise ever didn't we Kara? yeah it was i think it sounded like a dog there's a dog barking and then it sounded like the dog was right. drowning like there was like gurgling noises and just stopped it was so yeah. weird it was the weirdest thing I'd ever heard ever because it was so quiet up until yeah, that point. I mean, sure, and you're you like, heard, okay, there's a dog barking, yeah, you and heard then it just birds starts making that, right. weird noises. Stopped. Yeah, and it stopped, and all of a sudden you heard like this gurgling or I almost like a a, a, a scr not a scream, like but a, like a, a growl or something. It sounded like it was like drowning. 
That's what it sounded like. A dog drowning. Like, it was like, it was, (laughs) yeah, it was really weird. Yeah. And yeah. So at that point we decided, well, we better get the heck out of here because I don't want to know what was going on with that. So we get into the car. Okay. Keep in mind, I was supposed to have a yes SUV this weekend because we had a lot of stuff that, um, we were also doing a, uh, a craft fair thing and I had stuff that I had brought to sell and we had a lot of, you know, stuff and she had all her photograph equipment and we had all the stuff in the back. Well, I ended up getting a Corolla. Okay. So, you know, it's not an SUV. So we're going to leave and the stupid, we had lost the GPS satellite for our our phones. And the only thing we had to go by was the old map that they had pulled up when we got there. Well, it's taking us on these back roads that are all gravelly and you're like in the middle of nowhere there's like cows and sheep and very few houses um and it was just really you know intense and scary and these roads because they were so gravelly and i was in this stupid toyota corolla that you know i could only go 22 miles per hour and this road's only supposed to be three miles long well the three miles going 22 miles per hour ended up taking us about 45 minutes because there were some times when I couldn't even go 22 miles per hour because my tires would start spinning out on me. And it was just it insane. So these three miles, it should have taken us maybe 15 minutes, if even that, ended up taking 45 extra minutes. So, but yeah, so if you do decide to go, make sure you download your map before you, yeah, you know, the get there so you know how to get out like, and make sure you go on a major expressway. We could have went back on 70. A really that would have stupid been the easy way. way. Right. Because we were going to Pittsburgh yeah, but it from didn't. it. From Salt Fork State right. Park. I don't know if you said the park. I don't think you did. But it was Salt Fork State Park. And it's like the Bigfoot capital of Ohio. Okay. They hold yeah. like the lar- the longest running Bigfoot conferences here in Salt Fork State Park. I want to go back for like one of their conferences. Yeah, I know. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Check it out and hear I want to go to the Ridge. Yeah, there's Bigfoot Ridge. Go back to the Ridge. That's like a primitive yeah, campground where cool. Bigfoot likes to hang out, you know. Yeah, we should <laughs> go camping that. there. That'd be cool. I want to yeah. go ca- I bet we can convince dad to go camping there. I bet he would go camping there. Yeah, it's not that far away. Yeah, and it's like an actual state park, so it's like right. decent. Yeah, we can go perfect. that yeah. hunt, we can go out at night and go Bigfoot. Yeah, there you go. We'll yeah. bring Chris. He's got his thermal phone there you go all right bring him with us yeah <laughs> we can find him we'll find him this time okay but any- but anyways yeah so but just go back on 70 do not take the back roads to pittsburgh or anywhere up yeah that's like past pittsburgh yeah do not just listen go to back on 70 she tries to reroute you to well, go back the way you came because it took us the worst way possible yep. that we were th- if we broke down we were just gonna die <laughs> yeah there was like nobody else there we couldn't Other call anybody people. Right. And we were where I was worried about the Amish mafia. So, you know, I was like, I'm not getting out of my car to go, you know, knock on a door and be the Amish mafia and they won't, you know, decide to take us out. So anyway, so that was our adventure um, earlier in the day. So then we get to our hotel, which was fine. And we decide that we wanted to do a flashlight tour. Oh, I mean, it's West, West Virginia, Virginia State, Penitentiary. State Penitentiary. Not, I keep getting it mixed up with the Eastern State Penitentiary. I know. Yeah, that's a totally different That's thing. a, I want to go there, psychiatric. but that's also yeah, in, that place it's in is Pennsylvania. Cool. Yep. That's like a psychiatric ward. This was actually a I prison. Know. So, but anyway. <laughs> West Virginia, not Western right. yes. State. <laughs> yes. Yep. Sorry. Yep. Sorry. All right. So anyway, here we go. So, The West Virginia Penitentiary is located in Moundsville, West Virginia. 
1866, the state of West Virginia purchased the 10-acre site um, in West Virginia for the state prison. Now, keep in mind that when the um, they purchased this site for the prison, it was during the Civil War. And West Virginia had claimed itself as its own um, state at this time. Like, before that, it wasn't. It was part of Virginia. So they claimed themselves as their own state. So the site was convenient um, for this particular place because it was only 12 miles away from Wheeling, West Virginia, which was the capital um, uh, at the time. So the prison is a Gothic design, and that was made of stone. Um, It had turrets, sorry, turrets on it. Those are those like circular parts that stick out on buildings. It had battlements, which... um, if you've ever seen pictures of the cathedral, the Notre Dame Cathedral, they have battlements on that. And they're these special um, kind of arches that connect the roof of the um, building. And they also had what they call lanet windows, which gave it the appearance of a fortress, which kind of makes sense because, you know, it is a f- place or a fortress or a prison to keep all these, you know, men who've done bad things and women who've done bad things inside of so you know basically is like a fortress um it was constructed with the help of the inmates um using their inmate labor so the first structure to be built was the north wagon gate which we're going to talk about later because um that is the site of where all the hangings took place um during the time when the prison was doing hangings The facility finally opened its doors in 1876, and at that time, it only housed 251 inmates. Now, during the 1900s, the prison um, had several shops that they opened up that the inmates would work at. And these shops were places where they would make stuff like furniture, maybe they would bake goods to sell to the general public, and um, other little shops like that. And the money that the inmates made from selling these services and goods helped keep the prison self-sufficient, which means that all the money went back into the prison to help pay for, um, you know, improvements and stuff to it. So during this time, the conditions at the prison were uh, very good. You know, morale was high. People were happy with the way things were going. So in 1921, with things going well, a prison coal mine was opened up about a mile down the road, and some of the inmates would go and work at the coal mine, which helped uh, with the facility's energy needs. And this actually saved them thousands of dollars on um, energy costs because they were, you know, able to get their own coal and stuff to use to heat the facility in that. So during the 1950s, the jail began to um, deteriorate a little bit, um, and they started to have their first experience with overcrowding, and it began from that point on to become a major uh, problem over the years. Um, During this time, they were putting three inmates in a 5 by 7 cell. Now, when you think about this, uh, they would have... If you've ever been in any of these cells, and I'll have, we'll have pictures up um, on our Instagram page later on in the weekend, but these 5 by 7 cells were not very big for two people, let alone three. So your first two people, there are two bunk beds in there, and there'll be like a toilet, and then maybe like a little sink area, and that's it. That's all that was in there. 
So you'd have the two guys on the side that would be in the top and bottom bunk, and then your third guy was on a floor in an air mattress. Um, so by 1986, the prison was having really major problems, not only with the overcrowding, but security was very loose at this time, and they said that inmates were just walking around freely um, in the actual building. None of the doors were locked anymore because the inmates had picked them all and they were broken. Basically, the locks were broken on it. They were having plumbing issues. You know, the bathrooms weren't working light. A lot of times they were leaking over flooding. They had um, insect infestations going on, you know, lice and all that kind of fun stuff. And they were very overcrowded. They had over 2,000 inmates um, in that building at that time. Now, remember, when they first started out, they only had 200 and something inmates. So that is basically 10 times the amount of people in that building. Um, Also, to to note that they also house women in this prison, um, not not up in 1986. Usually, I think it was like around the 40s or 50s that the women got moved to their own prison. But before that, there were women housed in the same prison as the men. But they had their own separate um, area. It was like basically blocked off from the men. And they had their own like cafeteria they ate in. They had their own places where they did their jobs, whether it was sewing, you know, helping sew shirts for the men that um, live there and stuff like that. But yeah, so there were also women that were housed there for a while. Not a lot, but there was like maybe 50 or 60 women that were housed there. Um, Also, to note, their... um, their yard where the inmates would go to exercise the exercise yard because they had such a problem with riots and people escaping around the perimeter of their exercise yard on the very top. They had the special barbed wire that they um, had personally installed from the people at Gillette razors that had razor blades and I'm not making this up. I'll show pictures. We took pictures of you saw this, remember? Yeah. The weird razor blades that were on the end of it at the top. Oh yeah, the it was to keep fence. Remember that? Yeah. It was like from Gillette or something. Right? Didn't they say that? Yeah. 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 The Gillette, you know, razor company. And they said that they were these special razors that if they tried to climb over it, it would slice into their muscle further. The more they climb it was yeah. So um, there was that also that they had installed to help discourage people from rioting and trying to escape because that was an issue at this particular prison. So, like I said, by 1986, they were having all these problems. So in 1986, um, the West Virginia Supreme Court ruled that the confinement of three inmates to a five by seven jail cell was cruel and un- unusual punishment. And over the next decades, um, they the population was reduced so by the time the facility closed and a, a couple years later in 1995 uh they only housed about 600 to 700 inmates which is still more than what they started out with back in the um 1800s with 200 and something men so during the 119 years that the prison has been around 998 men have died in this prison 36 of those were from homicides 94 men were executed at the prison and and 89 of those executions were by hangings and the hangings took place in the years of 1899 to 1959. Now these hangings that they would have were open to the public. Um, 
And this happened all the way up until uh, 1931 when a particular hanging happened that changed all of that. So on June 19th of 1931, there was a gentleman by the name of Frank Heyer who was being hanged for murdering his wife. Now, before I go into the, the whole story about that, keep in mind that when they would have these hangings, it was like a party back then for them. They had concession stands that, that were open that they would sell drinks and stuff for, and the people from the surrounding town would come, and they would, like, party. They would have music playing and stuff before they would hang these people um, on the gallows there. So our friend, the gentleman named Frank Heyer, who was... Um, going to be hung on this particular day uh was standing up on the um, box to be hung when the trap door opened and he fell and his head because whoever had um made the rope to hang him or cut it didn't cut it the correct length because frank was a very big and tall man and they did the rank the rope too short or whatever and it ended up decapitating his head and his head flew into the crowd, and as you can imagine, they had a PR nightmare with all these people freaking out and, you know, people saying bad things about the prison. So after that happened, attendance was only by invitation. So some people think a reason why the prison um, is so haunted is because that it is actually um, sits on a Native American burial ground uh, right across the street from the prison is a uh, burial ground uh, that was built by the Adena Indians. And this burial ground is huge, isn't it, Carol? Yeah. There's like a, it's like a, so when we pulled up, it was off on like, so we pull up the, you'll see the penitentiary was so creepy. And then on the right, you just see this literally gigantic mound, like a giant hill. And it was a, like a Native American burial ground, like you said, which was crazy. It was was just ominous. It's just there. Like, literally right across the street. You could literally see it from inside the prison. You could just see it outside (laughs) in some of, like, the windows. And I'm sure that... (laughs) So, can you imagine being there, looking out, and seeing that all the time? That had a major kind of... I don't know. It was... Because the time we got there, it was kind of like the sun was setting. So, it was extra kind of spooky kind of looking. It was very creepy. Like, the sun was setting, and it was just kind of, like, illuminated in the background. Yeah. It was cool, though. It was very interesting. I liked it. Yeah. it's And it's huge. I mean, it's almost... This hill is as big or as Like, you could walk up it, too, something. during the day. It was yeah, too late was when like we got trail. there that we could... Yeah. We had to go to our tour, but... If we ever go back, yeah. I definitely want to check that I wanna out. I want to go back. Yeah. Like, I want to go I back to go on the like, ghost cool. hunt tour. Overnight yeah. stays we'll talk about later. Hauntings have been reported um, in the prison as early as the 1930s. Uh, during this time, there was an uh, an inmate was being seen walking around in the maintenance area where prisons, prisoners were not allowed to go. And the guards would see this supposed prisoner walking around and they would set off alarms that, you know, hey, a prisoner has escaped. So they would go through their whole rigmarole and they would check and all their inma- inmates were accounted for. Nobody was missing. And when they would go back to look to see where the um, person was, they had disappeared. There was, like, nothing there. So, um, in the basement, there is said is said to be haunted by a maintenance man who once worked there. He was said to be a spy. And he would spy on the inmates when they would come down there to do different things that, you know, they weren't supposed to be doing, obviously. And he would report these infractions to the guards. Well, the inmates figured out 
who was reporting them finally. You know, at first mm-hmm. they thought it was other inmates, but then they realized it was this maintenance dude. So um, one day when he was in the bathroom, several of the inmates got together and they ended up stabbing him to death in the bathroom. So after his death, people say that his ghost will wander around in the basement area and sometimes people can... Um, they, they'll be touched by this particular ghost. Oh, grab your ankles. Um, That's what they said on the, the yeah, tour. He likes, and he doesn't yeah, like men. He likes to grab your ankles. And he'll get very yeah, aggressive with men, apparently. Yeah. Men. He, in yeah, the basement. He will, because they're the ones that kill yeah. him. So, I mean, and then I the women will just whisper sweet nothings in your ear and yeah. caress you. Yeah, or he'll, yeah, he'll caress your hair and stuff like that. So, and yeah. I just can't believe they built him so, a freaking apartment. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was very strange. I, and then, I, don't, I don't know. The place was like creepy. Remember, you didn't like it down there because I wanted I to go like to the it. one no. side where no one else was. And you uh, were like, no, I don't yeah. want to go in there. That's creepy. Let's stay with the group. I'm like, but I want to go in the spooky area. Yeah. Well, I was getting really. I mean, there was bad vibes, vibes down there, but still, I went there for bad vibes mm-hmm. and spooks. So I <laughs> wanted my money's yeah. worth of spook. Oh, you got, I got them. Yeah. So, um,. Anyway, so it's also said to be haunted by a gentleman by the name of Orville Atkins, who was condemned for kidnapping a minister and then killing him. So this is another person that had their execution botched. Um, so he was going to be um, getting hung. He was one of the people that got ha- hung there. And they were putting the noose around his neck. And there was an assistant there that was helping pull the lever to drop the um, little wooden box that they stood on, you know, in order to hang them. And he got a little nervous and he was excitable and he accidentally pulled the lever too soon. And when the guy fell without the noose being on, it ended up breaking his legs and some other uh, parts of his body. And they didn't care. They felt that, you know, because he had done what he had done and he was supposed to die anyway, they just scooped him up and, you know, drug him back up onto the galley again and, you know, made sure the box was shut this time and Nervous Nelly wasn't anywhere around and they put the noose back on him and did it again. And this time it ended oh, up killing fun. him. That's messed up. <laughs> I know, isn't that? That is messed up. So people say that um, with this gentleman, Orville, you can hear footsteps of a ner- like somebody who's nervous pacing back and forth um, in that area. Um, and then there's the North Hall, which is where the worst offenders um, in that facility were placed. And this is like the worst of the worst were there. And they, you know, they spent a lot of time in, you know, confinement there. They really weren't allowed to go out very much and stuff. And there was a gentleman there by the name of William Red Schneider, who was convicted of killing his parents and dismembering them, and dismembering their corpses after they had been killed. Um, Red was disliked by many of the people, the inmates that lived there with him, and he was always constantly getting into fights with people about different things, you know. So, um, in the end, he was in front of his cell when he was attacked, uh, by several, um, inmates, and he was stabbed 37 times, and he died right in front of his cell. The hall has been um, the site of many strange things that have happened there. From photographic anomalies, like when people take photos, um, things, you know, get messed up on the camera to the point of your camera not working at all. 
cell doors can be heard banging shut. And uh, I think, didn't we hear like a cell door shut while we were there? I can't remember or not. Uh-huh. Um, and equipment malfunctions happen. Like when you're trying to take pictures with your cell phone or a flashlight might not work properly. And then finally, there is the Slender Man, or Shadow Man, sorry, <laughs> Slender that man. works around. Oh, I know, whoops, wrong, wrong, wrong Shadow creature. <laughs> right. Shadow Man lurks around in the hallway near the cafeteria. Now, the Shadow Man, um, the people that work there believe, is actually a Native American who's upset that they built this prison on their land. And they said he, this shadow figure kind of looks like a, a Native American in build, and that's why they think it's probably Native American in nature. And some of the things that, you know, happen is you'll feel like you're being watched in that hallway. Um, different people have seen the apparition of him. He's kind of see-through. Uh, he likes to lurk around there, you know, and just make people feel intimidated and scared. But... While we were there, we were on our little chat tour, and we were outside um, near where the, um, you know, where they exercise and all that in the exercise yard, and we were coming back into the building to uh, explore the upstairs where the infirmary and all that was, and all of a sudden while we're out there, we hear what, Kara? What do we hear? A baby crap. really weird. It was very strange yes. just because yeah. of where we were. Yeah. Like it was sound like it was out. So we, we were with a group of people from the tour and we were like, in a like basically in a walkway. And I think we were going upstairs. Is that where we were? We we're about to go up the stairs. Yes, we so were. we were going yep. about to go up yep. the stairs to another part of the place. And as we're walking in, I, we all stopped because we heard like what sounded like a baby crying, but it sounded like it was yeah. back outside where we originally were. Like it was like a little bit off to the side. Yep. And we all, like, were looking around, and we asked, and we're like, did you guys hear that? And it was, and we all heard it, and it was very loud. It like, it sounded like it was nearby. Yeah. Right. It was I don't know why loud. we keep hearing babies it, crying. Remember the last time? I Madison know. Seminary, yes, we heard the I baby know. cry, and we got it on yep. freaking MV- yep. EVP. I said, I said MVP. Yeah. EVP. Right. Yeah, we got it. I don't know why we keep hearing babies know. crying, but it's creeping me out. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's our thing. Now we're just going to hear babies crying. We weren't pretend there's like a ghost or anything mm-hmm. near us. So, but yeah, so we were not the only ones though that heard that. There were several people in our group that heard that. And we were all like looking at each other like, you heard that, right? And they're all like, yeah. So we had a, a shared group experience with that, which was really strange. Because there was also a, um, a haunted, you know, tour, a haunted house thing going on. But, and you could hear people from that, but it was very muffled. It wasn't Yeah, like you could tell when it was from crying. the thing, because it was kind of like muffled. Right. You can kind of, it sounded like it was a little bit far away, because they're on the opposite side of us. Right. So, and we're hearing right, yeah. like a loud baby, like, wah, wah, yeah. like right, right next to us. Yeah, it was like very right strange. Right next to us. Yeah. It was very weird. Yeah. And we're looking around. I mean, there was no baby anywhere near us. That's the weird part. Like, it would make sense if there was, like, a little kid. Or, but there wasn't. It was just, like, so strange. Um, But, yeah, it was a really neat tour. Uh, I w- would recommend it. Like I said, it was called a flashlight It was tour. the North Walk. And it was... It was the North Walk right. tour. And this is... A- and this is only held during, like, the Halloween, um, October, September and October. Uh, and it's a special tour that they'll let you go on areas that they do not normally show on their normal tours. So, like, this is parts of the prison that you're not normally allowed to see. So, it was really kind of cool. 
Um, like I said, it's, it wasn't that much. It was like 20 bucks. So, you know, you should go check it out. Uh, but yeah, that's all I ha we have this week. Uh, oh, we didn't talk about the handprints. Yeah. Oh, yeah. While we were there, uh, upstairs uh, in the infirmary area. there was a psych area, ward area. There. Oh, psych. I yeah, thought it was right. the psych it ward was, area. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because it was right outside that. The glass, glass area. Like, people could see it. Yes. And they would talk about how sometimes when people were in that area, they could see, like, little kids' faces mushed up against yeah, the glass. Really remember yeah, that? I remember that whole part. Yeah. It was really weird, yeah. But anyway, there were these handprints that were in like, the dust. very dusty yeah. on the floor. But the there. people yeah. said that they they weren't there. Like they've been there recently, and they right. every time this guy comes, I think it was like an investigator who comes there pretty often. Every time he comes, he documents them, and they're like, "There's more and more every time," or they change places, which is yeah. very strange. Yeah, we got photo of. Yeah. I, I took a photo of one on my phone. Oh yeah, I think you did we too. We got photos of them. Yeah, I did. So we can we'll post those too. There'll be a lot of pictures in the upcoming I will Instagram post. Hopefully next weekend I will be going to another cool place for some I'll be talking about hopefully if I if all my plans work out and we get to go to this place, it'll be interesting. For more scary yeah. content. Some first hand accounts. Yep, so hopefully. Me and Savannah. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. I, I mean, as long as everything goes according to plan, we should be able to drive out there. Because we'll already be in that area. I'm not going to say it, cause just in case it doesn't happen. Because I want to get my ho everyone's hopes yeah. up. Because it's a pretty nifty place. That I've been wanting. I've been yeah. wanting. This place has been on my list to, like, go and check out. And we're like, we're just going to go. Because they're having a special event during, like, Halloween. Hopefully. You have to tell us. I will tell us about it on the next episode mm -hmm. that we're going to have. Sounds good. Yeah, then. that was. I think that's all we have, really. Hopefully, yeah, you learned something. Um, remember, don't yeah, don't go drive on gravel roads. Just go back onto I seventy. Yep. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah, don't listen to your stupid uh, GPS or don't listen to. If she Google tries to tell you to go down some scary roads in Amish country, do not. Yeah, don't just do go it. back to the yeah. park <laughs> and get back yeah, on seventy exactly. and drive out that way because it is not worth it. Yeah, exactly, that was a scary, yeah. and we were on that for like so many miles. I felt like yes, yeah, it was a lot, a lot, way more than it should have been. Honestly, if you ask me, yeah, it was very strange, and a lot of it wasn't paved. I don't understand yeah. why they're not paving roads out there. <laughs> I don't understand either. Probably because it's unincorporated property. They don't have to pave it. It's cheaper for them to leave it gravel. Probably. Well, it's probably because there's horses that, that go right? on it and trucks. Right. Well, they don't. They don't have the state or the city or whatever is out there come shovel their driveway for them like we have. You know that, right? That's why it's gravel, so their buggies can roll over it in the winter. But anyway. All right, enough about that. So that's it for this week. Uh, stay tuned for next. And yeah, and if in two weeks, and if you enjoyed our podcast today, follow us on Instagram at Two Scaredy Cats Podcast, and please be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really helps the show get discovered. And tune in in two weeks for a new episode. And to all our scaredy cats and kittens out there, remember, curiosity didn't kill these two scaredy cats. Thank you.